Hello. Good morning if it's morning or, you know, good afternoon or even good night. Uh, I'm the worst with introductions, so you're going to have to excuse my social awkwardness. But welcome to Literally My Life, My Guide to Girlhood. I am your host, and I am so excited to be starting this podcast. I had this idea yesterday. Uh, Ignore the plane flying by my house. I live near the airport, but... I had this idea yesterday to start a podcast because I am one of those people that like to talk, so get ready for that. But more than just like being a person who likes to talk, I have so many thoughts and just so many ideas and I think one of the most refreshing things, like because me personally, I love listening to podcasts, I think one of the most refreshing things about listening to a podcast is like hearing another person's perspective about things and I just love hearing other people's perspectives and getting their ideas and their thoughts on things and I thought why not put why not insert my input into the world and give you my perspective on lots of things so yesterday I got a lot of like episode ideas and I wrote them all down and now I'm sitting here recording because I got an idea for an episode and I'm just excited. So before we get into this episode, I want to have like this disclaimer that this is strictly an opinionated podcast. Like this is not based on research. I'm not a doctor. I'm literally almost like I'm not even 17 yet. Uh, This is literally just me voicing my unwanted opinion. And so don't come at me don't be like oh well you're totally wrong about this because it's an opinion and opinions can't be wrong well they can't be but not in this matter this is a judgment free zone so in today's episode I wanted to talk about therapy now therapy in my opinion is very stigmatized therapy is like to me like therapy is like oh therapy is for crazy people like therapy you only go to therapy if you're crazy. Like, you only go to therapy if you're disturbed. And I hate, hate that stigma. Like, we need to destigmatize therapy because, first of all, in my opinion, I don't think you can be crazy. And let me say this before you come for me, I don't think you can be crazy because every, like, you, everybody is a little fucking crazy. Like, there's nobody who's, like, absolutely bonkers and then you're normal. Like, that's not how it works. Like, we all like weird fucking things. Like, there was a girl I saw on Instagram Reels the other day who liked the color dandelion, like, the crayon from Crayola. And she collects it and she has a room full of, like, dandelion things and she collects the crayon because I think it's been discontinued. And she even melted some of like the broken crayons and made like golden like dandelion letters and hung them up it was so cute and so it it would be so easy to be like oh you're so like that was fucking weird like weirdo but it's not like I I can't even judge her because I know I can be definitely obsessive when it comes to things that I like like I used to be so obsessed with Barbie dolls my room used to be filled with dolls and I had like five doll houses and like it was just it was insane so (laughs) um but back to the point like I don't think you can be crazy 
because everybody struggles. Like, I think there are some people who obviously struggle with mental health definitely a little more than others, but you're not crazy for it. Like, if I see somebody having a mental episode in public, like, I'm just like, you know what, they're struggling. Like, this isn't anything to make fun of or to call them crazy about because they're struggling. So, therefore, in my opinion, no one can be crazy. But second reason why we should destigmatize therapy is because we, like, we all fucking need it. Like, there's this quote, it's so corny, but you've probably heard it, like, there's strength and vulnerability. There's strength and not being strong. There's strength and, like, asking for help. And I can't tell you how true that is. Like, as I get older, I've learned the importance of asking for help. Like, there's no, you don't get a reward for doing it on your own. You don't get a reward for struggling, is what I'm trying to say. Ask for fucking help. Don't be the person who can't ask for help. And if you struggle with that, maybe you should revisit why you struggle with that in therapy. Now, therapy is just so good, in my opinion. I think therapy has a lot of benefits. I think therapy, like, I just, I love therapy. I think therapy is just the thing. So I'm going to be talking about therapy, why I think it should be destigmatized, why I think more black people should go to therapy, and like the mental health community within the black community, um, because I am black, and then like why I personally go to therapy, and like how positive, like non-biased perspectives can be. So yeah. So... I think we kind of touched on, like, why we should destigmatize therapy, and basically my reason, again, was just that there's strength and vulnerability. Like, we should not call people crazy for asking for help. Like, I think there's so, I would so much rather somebody ask me for help and say, hey, Alex, you know, I'm really struggling with this, or hey, Alex, like, I'm really having a hard time getting up in the morning. Like, I have no more energy. I'm really depressed. I would so much rather, like, somebody do that than hurt themselves or worse, like, you know, just, I, there's so much strength in asking for help, and it's not easy for some people, like, I'm not going to take that away, some people have pride, some people were born thinking asking for help makes you weak, like, some people were raised like that, and I just hope that that's something that people can work through, because there's so much strength in asking for help. Now, this is why I think, like, Moving on, this is why I think more black people should go to therapy. Okay. So I'm black, but I am multiracial. I grew up in a multiracial family. And so I think my family had a little bit of a different perspective. But I, I'm black, and I've just noticed within the black community, it is not very common for people to go to therapy. And I think that that should, like, change. Now, am I saying that therapy is for everybody? No. Some people don't like talk therapy. Some people rather journal. Some people, like, have different coping mechanisms. But I don't think it should be, like, you know, it shouldn't be encouraged because we're black. Like, I've heard a lot of people say, like, oh, Not a lot of people, but I've just heard people say, like, oh, like, that's white people shit. Like, only white people go to therapy. Which is so stupid. Like, why, why is, like, why does race even play a part into, like, therapy, like, in asking for help in your daily life? Like, that makes no sense to me. Like, I think 
honestly, like, that is one of the most stupid things I've ever heard. I think that mental health should be destigmatized within the black community. Like, you're not weak for having depression. You're not lazy because you don't want to get out of bed and brush your teeth. Like, you're suffering with an illness. Like, I feel like people don't understand. Like, if you have a fever, you can't get out of fucking bed and get in the shower and blow dry your hair and brush your teeth because you're sick. You're actually so sick physically that you don't want to get out of bed and you can just lay there and mope. I've had a lot of fevers. I know. It's the same thing with depression. It's, you know, you don't have the 101 degree temperature, but you still feel that way. You can't get out of bed. You have no energy. You, you can't do the things that you would do in your normal life because you have an illness blocking you. And so depression is like hard. But there are, like, you know, there are treatments for fevers, which are Motrin and drinking lots of water. There's treatments for depression, and one of them include therapy. So I don't understand why we treat it so differently. And so I think there would be a lot of, like, healing within the black community and healing, like, of generational trauma if we started having conversations about mental health. Like, my parents, I think, did a really good job of talking to me. And saying, hey, if you ever have thoughts of hurting yourself or, hey, I think you're in a bad spot right now, I'm going to suggest you go to therapy or you can always talk to me. You can always lean on me. Having that emotional and mental support literally gave me so much. Like, I can't tell you how much that helped me throughout my life. Having that emotional and mental support from both of my parents. And so the ability to go to therapy without judgment from my parents, the ability to like even be encouraged, like I had such good parents that were looking out for me and I just, I can't even, like I didn't even realize that until now. But I think therapy should definitely be destigmatized within the black community so that we can focus on like healing that generational trauma that stems from slavery, that stems from segregation, that stems from, you know, poverty rates in black neighborhoods. Like I can, I don't make me look, don't make me get political. Nigga. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, don't make me get political. So. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about was why I personally go to therapy because I just wanted to be vulnerable with you guys because there's strength and vulnerability. So one of the reasons why I go to therapy is because I do struggle with depression. Now, I think it's gotten a lot better over the years in the sense of like, it's more treatable, it's more manageable, I have the energy and the strength to get up every morning, to brush my teeth, to blow dry my hair, to do all these things. Um, so I definitely think I'm like very high functioning depressed compared to where I was a couple of years ago. But I've struggled with depression and it is... You know, it's something like it's something hard to struggle with. Like, and I, I do really, I think I do really good at making sure that I'm okay because I am so high functioning. Like, I'm not going to be paying attention to my feelings all the time because I'm like, you know, really busy. I'm really like one of those people. I'm one of those people who really likes school. I'm always caught up in my schoolwork. I'm always like, doing homework. I'm always ripping and running for extracurriculars, thinking about 
college and applications and stuff. So I'm not going to have the time to be like, hmm, how did I feel today? Hmm, did this make me cry, you know? So I'm like very high functioning because of my ability to stay busy. But I still struggle with depression. I still have trauma. Like I still have issues. So I go to therapy and I ha- I have no shame in that. Like, yeah, I see a therapist. That doesn't mean I'm, you know, fucking crazy, even, even though I'm a little bonkers. But it's not a bad thing. And I'm not ashamed to tell people that. I'm not ashamed to talk to people about my therapy journey. I'm not ashamed to encourage people to go to therapy. I'm not even ashamed to, like, be someone's therapist. Like, if you ever want to talk to me, I'm right here for you. And that applies to anyone. Like, if you're listening to this and you're like, hey, like, I really need somebody to talk to, please, like, DM me. I will listen to you. We can have a conversation. Like, there's so much strength in reaching out. But... I personally go to therapy to manage my depression and to manage my trauma because I I love this quote. It says, your trauma is not your fault, but your healing is your responsibility. And I think that is so true. You know, I didn't have a really difficult childhood, but, you know, I did have some childhood trauma and I just want to make sure that that doesn't manifest itself into adulthood And, you know, I'm turning 18 next year. I'm going to college. I'm moving out of state. Like, I'm about to be my own person. I'm about to start paying rent. I'm about to start cooking for myself all the time. You know? Like, I'm about to start doing all kinds of things. I'm, like, going to be on my own. And in my day-to-day life, like, I know as an adult, as I manage relationships and friendships with people... I don't want my trauma getting between having a healthy relationship with people. And that's not just like romantic relationships. I'm talking about like friendships. I'm even talking about the relationship with myself. Because trauma can mess with the relationship you have with yourself. And I say that like, you know, this is a really good example. When I was a kid, I was called fat a lot. A lot of people called me fat. Um, everybody, like, my family members called me fat, not my parents, but, like, other family members, people at school called me fat, people on social media called me fat, like, I was called fat a lot, and it kind of, like, it was, like, very traumatizing for me because I was so young, I was, like, 10, 11 years old, um, my body was still developing, and that wasn't my forever body, but it was just so hard to be called fat all the time so with this issue of being called fat all the time it became like a part of who I thought I was and it got into like my subconscious and I kind of in my head looked at myself like if you've ever seen insatiable on Netflix like they call her fatty patty I think and that's how I saw myself literally as like a fatty like fatty patty and that's so like it was so ridiculous on so many levels because first of all your body at 11 you're like starting puberty of course you're gonna gain weight 
and you're going to like that's not your forever body so people who like call children fat are so weird but on another level it's stupid because you only live once and you only have one body and I've learned to cherish the body that I'm in and I've just worked really hard these past few years to cherish this body that I have and to work on not comparing myself to like Summer Rae and like Instagram models because I used to really struggle with that. And so I work really hard now just to love the body that I'm in. And so I don't let that like trauma of being made fun of and bullied by like family members and by friends for being fat like I don't want it to manifest in the relationship I have with myself and I struggle with that like one of the things I'm working on right now is positive self-talk like reprogramming my thoughts in the way I talk to myself I'm not gonna like if I have I'm sitting down right now and I'm recording and I look at myself in the mirror next to me and I have like a few rolls on my stomach as I'm sitting and I'm like, you know what, so what? I'm a tall girl. I have rolls on my stomach. So what? Everybody has flab. Everybody has fat. And if they don't have flab, they probably have plastic surgery, which is a whole other episode. But it's a body. Like, that's what I think. I think the issue with our generation seriously is that we set these like extremely unrealistic expectations of what a body should look like because of the normalization of plastic surgery so now that everybody can get their bodies altered and have the barbie body it's unnormal to have a normal body so when i look at my cellulite when i look at my stretch marks when i look at my stomach rolls or my arm fat i'm just like instead of being like oh you're so fat oh you need to work out oh alex oh alex i'm like you know what it's a body you have an actual body and that's a gift from god and i'm learning to appreciate my body like this is a woman's body like i can i can give birth like the circle of life happens through me like i i can't i can't knock myself down for having a fat roll I can't do that because that's just not fair to myself at all. But beyond that, I just I'm just learning to reprogram my thoughts and the way I talk to myself because the way you talk to yourself matters. You're in your head all the time. It's the one place you never fucking leave. The way you talk to yourself fucking matters. Like you can't talk to yourself like trash and then be like why do I have such low self-esteem? Why do I always feel this way about myself? Because of the way you're talking to yourself. You can't let the way people talk to you or the things people say about you become the things that you say to yourself. And that's something that I've struggled with, but I've looked at myself and I'm like, I'm a beautiful person. I have so many great qualities. I'm not a fatty patty and I can't see myself like that anymore. And that's something I've learned through therapy. And that's like one of the biggest reasons I go to therapy. So yeah, for when it comes to therapy, that was like my lesson on how you can't let your trauma manifest itself into relationships whether this is a relationship you have with another person or with yourself
And so that's how I'm not letting my issues with self-esteem mess with the way I talk with myself and my relationship with myself. Um, I'm, you know, I'm a lot more confident than I used to be. And I'm very happy with myself. I'm very happy with the way I look. And I love my body. I, I don't have issues with a flab or a fat roll or anything because it's a body and it does so many great things for me every day and I'm so, so thankful for it. So, yeah. Moving on, another thing I wanted to talk about was how like positive, like new, non-biased perspectives can be. So, to... This is unpaid promotion, but I love Anything Goes by Emma Chamberlain, the podcast. It is such a good podcast. I love it. It's kind of one of the reasons I wanted to start my own. Listening to, I was listening to her episode yesterday. And I was listening to this episode about whether you can have, like, it was a question on, can you be in love and still, like, can you be deeply in love and have a healthy relationship and still be career driven and like have a, like pursue your career? And it was a really good episode, but she was just talking about how maybe it's good, like sometimes to be in a relationship with somebody who's not in your career field because you, they can give you like a non-biased perspective. And that's like essentially therapy. So, like, I can, I love talking to my therapist about my friends and my issues, partially because my therapist doesn't know my friends and doesn't know the people in my day-to-day life and doesn't, like, it's so refreshing to have someone who doesn't know these people and isn't biased And so they can hold you accountable more easily than maybe, you know, your friends of friends. So it's easier for them to hold you accountable and where you might have been wrong in the situation because your therapist doesn't know. You know, like it's so amazing. And they just, I love how therapists can just, I'm trying to figure out a way to put this into words. But I just love how they give you just such a non-biased perspective on things. And it really opens your eyes, like getting a different perspective, hearing things from a different point of view. So when I talk to my friends like, hey, you know, I have five really, really close girlfriends in my life. And two of them this year didn't invite me to their birthday party. And I got really mad and I unfriended them on social media. And so... Talking to a therapist is like, okay, you know, the therapist could hold you accountable. Like, why was your first reaction to unfriend them? Why wasn't your reaction to ask them what's going on? Why wasn't your first reaction communication? And, like, that is such, like, that is such a blessing. Like, that is such a gift to hear your, like, to be held accountable from a non-biased perspective. So, I, I just think that's one of the greatest gifts of therapy honestly talking to somebody who doesn't know the people in your everyday life and doesn't like you know can hold you accountable easier because they're non-biased they're not on your side they're not on their side they're in the middle they're actually neutral and that can be very very refreshing so 
in the end, I just think that we should destigmatize the whole concept of therapy. You know, I think that we should stop saying that therapy is for crazy people. I think more black people and just communities of color should go to therapy. I don't think therapy should be labeled as white people, like a thing for white people. I think that is so stupid and we should not bring race into this. There's so much strength and vulnerability and there's so much strength in asking for help. And, you know, like I said, therapy is like treatment for your illness. It's treating your fever. It's your Motrin. But it's treating your depression. It's treating your anxiety. It's treating your OCD, your BPD, your bipolar depression, you know, things that we struggle with. On that note, I want to end off with another quote. I'm a quotes person. And there's a quote that was like, I can't remember the direct, I can't quote it exactly, but it was like, you know, know that you have an illness, but don't let that illness define you. It's like when you're walking in the rain and you use that umbrella, you may shield under that umbrella, you may use that umbrella, but you are not that umbrella. So know that you are more than your depression You are more than your anxiety. You are more than those bad thoughts about yourself. You have so many great qualities. And it may take you a while to realize that the same way it took me a while. But you will realize that. And I pray and I hope that you realize your worth. And you realize how like wonderful, like how truly wonderful you are. And on that note... Thank you for listening to the first episode of Literally My Life, uh, my guide to girlhood. Feel free to send me a DM on Instagram about episode topics, which you would like to be heard about, or if you just need someone to talk to, I'm always here. Thank you guys so much. Until next time.